0: Campfire. Fireside Chats.
1: This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Welcome, campers, to this week's Fireside Chat. This week is a very exciting interview, we had the honor of sitting down with the author and host of the YouTube show Graveyard Dirt, Cody Crowley. Now, Cody is without a doubt brilliant, fascinating, wildly creative. I mean, honestly, just come for the entrancing Jersey accent. Stay for the mind-bending theories, like theories on everything from the influence of Pangean landforms on folklore to Jeff the Talking Mongoose. We discuss a wide swath of cases from the fourteen spectrum, hauntings, UFO cases, cryptids, the Jersey Devil, and we even get into an intense UFO interaction that she and her partner had a few years ago. Go follow her on absolutely everything. You both deserve it. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this fireside chat with Cody Crowley. All right, Cody Crowley. First off, I just I want to be sure to thank you for taking the time to be on the show.
0: Oh yeah, thank you for asking me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm super excited about this. I I came across your you first on TikTok. It was a few months ago and okay. So, I love when you theorize. Like, those are my favorite of your of your TikToks when it's like because there are tons of people in this space like you find out really fast when you're in it there are tons of people that are just like reading the first two paragraphs off a cryptid wiki and just saying like man isn't that weird and then end of video you know Mm -hmm. and I was pleasantly it was nice to find that you are not like that at all like (laughs) at all and you have these theories that really caught my attention I think like the first time we connected was because I um I I suck at TikTok. What's it called where you add your videos? You stitch. Yes. Oh yeah,
0: stitch. <laughs> yeah.
1: I <laughs> I stitched one of your videos and it was your theory about um the mountain ranges. Right? That mm-hmm. the mountains in Ireland are the it's they were at one time the same mountain range as the Appalachian Mountains, right? Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> I was obsessed with that theory. I've brought it up a couple times in passing in the past. I was so hyped to find someone talking about it.
0: Mm-hmm. I know that's it's so cool. There's so much like comparative folklore that you could get into in that area.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, the fact that the lower mountains and the Ozarks were also part of that same range. Mm-hmm. Like I had before, I realized that I had been. I had been pointing out the similarities between the black dogs in the UK and the Ozark Howler in the U S there's the legends are so similar. Right. Mm -hmm. And basically the Ozark Howler is just if you slapped a bunch of the physical features from, you know, megafauna from North America onto a, onto a black cat. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And they're like, you know, they're both omens of impending doom and, all this, so like when I realized, wait, this used to be the same place, like it blew my mind.
0: Yeah, and it makes me wonder if it's did the folklore just like you know s- exist there, or did the thing exist there, and it just like got separated, you know? So it's right. like, either way, it's cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, because it could be a cultural phenomenon, right? Or it could be physical. Yeah, or it, maybe it's both. It's probably yeah. both, right? A little bit of both. <laughs> Um, That's why I love this stuff because it, you never quite know where to place it. And I think I have a sneaking suspicion. It's because it belongs in almost every category. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the other theory you had that caught, I think it was actually the first one that caught my attention was your theory about lake monsters. (laughs) Yeah. That it's like some, some, it's some part of their breeding process yeah
0: like salmon that swim upstream like maybe they just go into the locks to breed and then they're in and out you know so that's why nobody can catch them is because they're they're, it doesn't last that long
1: yeah (laughs) yeah that's such it's so smart it's (laughs) like i don't know why anyone isn't why no one's saying that
0: It's so funny because, like, I thought that this was just, like, my harebrained weird thing. And so many people were like, that actually makes sense. And I'm like, oh, my God, thank you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's and, you know, the creatures that can that can live in saltwater and freshwater are all creatures that have been around for a very, very long time. Right. Mm Because it takes a really long time being exposed to both environments to to sort of develop that ability. So yeah. that also makes sense. If this is some kind of like evolved remnant of plesiosaurs or something like that, you know, they would have had the time to develop that capability.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's awesome. That's I mean, stuff like this is why I love your page so much mm-hmm. because you're Thank you. discussing things that no one else is discussing.
0: <laughs> it's so funny because like I've I, I kind of thought about this stuff my whole life, you know, I mean. I've been into this stuff my whole life. And it's just funny that, like, I, I was really shy about sharing it for a long time. I, I didn't, like, make a TikTok or, or make a, a YouTube channel or anything because I just was, like, too shy about it. Um, And I'm amazed by how many people are, like, into talking about it and into hearing my crazy theories.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean the crazier the better honestly in this space (laughs) that's how i feel (laughs) yeah i work
0: in salem so like i get to meet characters every day of my life and people will come in who are like you know tourists or locals and i have this like i don't know this expression that's like tell me the craziest (laughs) thing that you think and i love it like i want to hear it i'm here for it
1: that's awesome Salem is like one of those epicenters of weird shit. You oh, know, yeah. like they draw <laughs> it draws all the strangest people. That mm-hmm. that I mean you kind of have a leg up immediately on on everyone who's into this niche, right? That you're like near a spot like that.
0: Oh yeah. Salem's amazing. I, I moved there from I like moved up here from Jersey because I love Salem so much
1: wow i had no idea you were from jersey (laughs) 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 sorry um yeah it's um have you gotten into the salem witch stuff i mean that might be a silly question based on the fact that you hang out there a lot but (laughs) is that something you've like covered on youtube and no because you know what
0: I I am so passionate about it that I haven't done it yet because I I'm like I I feel like I'm saving it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like one of my favorite subjects. So I you know, I'm I'm saving it until hopefully I, you know, have a little couple more subscribers. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know stuff like that but I I did talk about Mary Webster who is one of the witches uh, not in Salem but Mm. she was accused of witchcraft nearby Salem and uh, before the Salem witch trials even happened and she survived her attempted murder they tried to hang her buried her in the snow she crawled out and and defied everyone so I did talk about her but I haven't done the Salem witchcraft trials yet
1: I always thought of (laughs) I totally get that I'm like Ryan and I have subjects that we've had since day 1 that are just sitting there and we're like oh mm-hmm. we have to do it right when we do it so like yeah do they just keep sitting it took us a mm-hmm. year almost a year and a half to cover Mothman
0: Oh yeah like, Mothman's <laughs> a big one
1: <laughs> Yeah it is it ended up being like a six part series that we did over Halloween so mm-hmm. but um Mary Webster to me is I've always thought of her as like the female American Rasputin
0: Yes. Yeah. She's so badass.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Like, they, no matter what they did, there's just no getting rid of her
0: yeah and to me it says something that they you know they accused her of witchcraft she went to trial basically twice, and then they yeah. ended up hanging her and leaving her for dead and she survived and they didn't mess with her again so yeah. they must have been real scared of her after <laughs> that because you know if if she came back from the dead, you would think that that would make them even more convinced that she was a witch and like really yeah. go for her, but they were like, Ugh.
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> like that maybe like. That's like um, coloni- the colonial version of double jeopardy, right? Yeah. Like, if we, yeah. if we sentence you to execution, and it doesn't take. We try,
0: uh-huh. like, yeah, yeah. yeah I Maybe mean, it
1: wasn't meant to be. And yeah.
0: then the guy who was like the fl- the one that the guy that she afflicted the fact that he died a couple days after her attempted murder, like bleeding yeah. from his face, and they said that <laughs> there was like things crawling under the covers and everything. I'm like, that's creepy. That's shit's yeah. so creepy.
1: I probably would have left her alone too. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I would have gone to her and been like, "Teach me your ways." <laughs>
1: right. <Yeah. laughs> uh, that's awesome. So, how? Do, I mean, have you always been into? I know a big part of your love is also just horror, the horror genre <laughs> in general, right? And oh yeah, um, is that sort of where all this started? And then the the real life account the history stuff started coming in after that
0: yeah i i feel like it's kind of always they've always overlapped to me because i've always been into history i've always been into like ghost stories and haunt things and horror things that things that make me feel creeped out just whatever gives me that like adrenaline rush that's what i crave so it's always been stuff like that like my earliest memories are like of uh, i had um the Eagles um, Hotel California on like a little record and I would put it on with my headphones and I would picture like I took it very literally I didn't get the drug allegory at all so I just pictured like a haunted hotel and I, I when I was like a little little kid and I would just close my eyes and picture this crazy haunted hotel with all these ghosts in every room and i was obsessed with doing this so i don't know like ever since then i've just uh, anything that makes me feel afraid i'm into it
1: that's awesome i honestly i've asked that question a hundred times to people like how did you get started in all this and you hear Mm -hmm. the same answer so many times i've never heard one that involved the eagles
0: I, never. <laughs> I i i look people dead in the eye and i'm like the eagles hotel california is the best song ever written and they're like what is wrong with you
1: <laughs> i think i'm gonna like yeah. it better now that i yeah. if i if i if i just imagine it take it literally right uh-huh like, yeah yeah i'm just gonna start yeah. listening to it like that from now on exactly <laughs> that's perfect mm-hmm. um so, what was your first sort of... What was your, your first sort of venture into this as, like, a, a vocation?
0: Um, You know, I kind of... It's something that I've always been wanting to do, but like I said, I was, like, really shy and nervous, especially because, yeah. you know, I, I have an accent, and I was always convinced, like, everybody's going to be like, man, you sound so fucking annoying. Like, I don't want to listen to you. But I, surprisingly, I kind of dipped my toe in by uploading some tiktoks and people overwhelmingly were like i like listening to your talk yeah. and i'm like what <laughs> so it surprised me because i i mean i've been holding my friends and loved ones hostage with this kind of stuff <laughs> talking about my theories and just ranting at them for a really long time yeah. so the fact that there's people besides the people who just love me unconditionally that will listen to me is crazy
1: that's yeah that's the best part of all this right like mm-hmm. my my wife will never tell me to stop doing my podcast because her life is so much easier now <laughs> <Like, laughs> He's no yeah. longer subjected to ear beatings about you know alien abductions in south america and mm-hmm. no she, yeah she doesn't have to be put through that anymore
0: mm-hmm. um
1: i i think because you said you were hesitant initially one of the reasons was because your accent, right? I think (laughs) honestly, and I get that. I get get it for sure. But there's so much like practiced, very affected, like non-regional diction going on (laughs) in TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. I think it's like incredibly refreshing when I'm scrolling through TikTok and I land on one of your videos and you're just like, Fuck it. This is who I am. Like, just it doesn't matter. If you Mm -hmm. like it, you like it. Yeah, Yeah. I I really enjoy it. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like I I I feel like I'm doing like a like I don't know what you would define my brand as, but I guess it's like creepy hot girl shit. That's what I'm going
1: with. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fair designation, for sure. Um. So what is um what is the the final goal sort of like what is the what are you aiming for
0: well obviously I I, you know I write so everything with like TikTok and YouTube and stuff like that is really just for fun for me like this is just something that I really like to do and it's also something that I can control because um, my book is being traditionally published. So, in a lot of ways, it involves a lot of waiting and a lot of things that I have no control over. Like, you know, I don't get to say, you know, I have ideas about the cover, but somebody else is going to design the cover. And I got to wait for the release date that, that the publishing, you know, house sets and everything. So, for me, all this other stuff is, is stuff that's for me that I can control, that I can put out and have like an instant gratification with. So that's kind of yeah. just what I'm, I'm, I'm just chasing something right now to divert my attention from waiting a year and a half Yeah, still for my book to come out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the process is wild. Mm-hmm. For anyone For anyone who's never been through it, it's so long yeah so
0: I knew about the deal for an entire year before I could even talk in public about it like that mm. it was torture my dream yeah. came true and I had to keep it a secret
1: that's yeah <laughs> it's terrible that's that's terrible I'm yeah. I feel for you and I'm impressed <laughs> honestly I'm always impressed especially with an author's first book because you're right it's like you, the, the dream of a lifetime is coming true for you Mm -hmm. right and they're like but you can't tell anyone yeah (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) it's it's Um, all of traditional publishing is just like i feel like it's like a like a like they're like the puppet and saw and they're just like sitting there like riding a little tricycle like ha! can we torch these writers
1: (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) oh man it's um i'm always really (laughs) impressed especially with a a time because that's quite a while. That's You know about the, the time between when you find out the deal is going through, like, your book is being published, congratulations, to your book is on the shelves, is like almost three years. <laughs> Terrible. That's wild. And how long were you, and how long was it between when you finished the book and when you got the deal? Oh...
0: I mean, the book has has changed a lot over the years. The first draft that I wrote I finished in 2013. So, (laughs) it's been a long time. But I mean, that draft was trash, but uh, you know, uh, since I got got my agent, it's actually kind of weird. This is a weird synchronicity. I got my uh, I got a full request from an agent two years ago uh, the week of my birthday. And then I ended up getting my agent the week of my birthday a year later and then I ended up getting my book deal uh the week of my birthday Wow. (laughs) a year after that and then this year on my birthday my book (laughs) was announced so so, i thought that that was weird i don't know how that happened but that's how it happened
1: (laughs) yeah that's that's odd at least it was like a timetable you'll always remember yeah Yeah. (laughs) it
0: all happens the week of my birthday after that it's just silence for another year
1: yeah (laughs) Now you're gonna like freak out the when you go to publish your second book and it doesn't go like that. I know. You're gonna be like, "What is what is wrong?" My birthday was two weeks ago, and I haven't heard anything. Yeah. No. <laughs> so the channel is sort of, or your channels, plural, right, um, are just sort of your your outlet, right? Your because the the writing process takes so long. It's mm-hmm. kind of a cool way to you know, to dive into these subjects in smaller increments and like flex your creative muscles in between. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's it's also pretty handy to have a nice, you know, a nice little following built up when you release a book.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, And it's fun too, because my book, especially um, there's so many, You know, historical hauntings and like true crime cases and elements of folklore that inspired like little pieces of it. So I'm excited that I get to like kind of talk about all of those just in case there's ever anyone who likes the book enough to care, you know, then that'll all be there.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about the book?
0: Yeah, so it's uh, a young adult horror novel uh, titled Here Lies a Vengeful Bitch, and it's coming out August 2024 from Disney Hyperion. Yes, yeah, it has bitch in the title, and Disney is publishing it. <laughs> <laughs> Shockingly, they were one of the only ones who were excited about keeping the title because it ended up going to auction and uh a couple different i spoke to a couple different editors at different like publishing houses that were uh bidding in the auction and every time one of the questions i'd asked was what do you think about being able to keep the title and uh they would kind of giggle and they'd be like yeah i don't i don't know if we're going to be able to keep the title <laughs> yeah uh, but then when i spoke to the editor at disney they were like yeah, we're keeping that title. That title is definitely staying. And I was like... Okay.
1: That's cool. awesome.
0: But yeah, it's about a girl who was murdered and uh, her body was dumped on a mountain with a legendary reputation for raising the dead. And she comes back from the dead to avenge her own murder. And she it's kind of like a feminist revenge thriller slash cozy ghost story because there's also like a haunted house and cute ghosts and stuff. So That's
1: awesome. Yeah. That sounds... Yeah, that sounds excellent. It's, I'm, I mean, I'm really excited for it. It's, thank you. That's cool. My, I'm sure you hear this all the time from guys, but like, my wife is super into the YA stuff. Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) Like, half of my damn house is bookshelves filled with YA books, right? Yeah. Um. So I told her about it the other day, and she like immediately wrote it down
0: oh my god that's so cool <laughs> yeah. yeah i feel like young adult books are heavily marketed like towards women because a lot of times they have stories that are like really fun and there's usually like a romantic subplot and there is one in my book as well yeah. and i just think that it like appeals a lot to women because and a lot of times they're written by women which makes a big difference because men written by women are always better no offense. Yeah
1: no agreed agreed I I
0: compliment men by being like you're like a man that was written by a woman (laughs) that's
1: (laughs) awesome yeah I'm gonna have to remember that Mm -hmm. honestly I think um, women written by women obviously are it's is way better right that's a way better situation I think I feel like it that's even the best male authors struggle with writing women
0: there's a hilarious subreddit that's uh like men writing women and it's yeah some of the oh my god some of the stuff they post on there. and it's like <laughs> like famous well-known authors and it's uh, you know the breasts are insentient boys
1: oh man it, it really is a problem like
0: it's so men- funny
1: I'm I'm like I'm a huge Stephen King fan, right? Obviously. <laughs> Me
0: too. But,
1: yeah. But he's,
0: sometimes, man,
1: <laughs> yeah. There are some moments where he's writing, especially in the Dark Tower series, the way he writes <laughs> Suzanne in the uh-huh. Dark Tower series is at times uncomfortable. Yeah. To even <laughs> to even read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, there's a
0: lot of night, a lot of the with the cocaine Nyquil uh, oh, yeah. combo that he was always doing. You could really tell when he was like deep into it, you know.
1: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you can really tell the difference between like his '90s short stories and like Cujo, right? Like oh, yeah. Cujo is a hundred percent a cocaine book. Like, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Cujo is cocaine <laughs> for sure. It really,
1: the is. original
0: cocaine bear. <laughs>
1: yeah absolutely (laughs) it's so true and i mean only someone on cocaine could think i'm gonna write 400 pages about a dog attack Uh literally (laughs) that's that's all it is that's the whole damn book is a dog (laughs) attack
0: yeah i mean uh, king's so wild because like i feel like all the time like he must have just walked out of his house like every day and been like the first object that he sees is the thing his next book is going to be about. You know, it's yeah. a car. It's a it's a, it's a dog. It's, yeah, you know?
1: exactly. It's you know, there's that like classic Family Guy bit where Stephen King is standing there or sitting in the office with his agent and he's struggling to he's like lying to make it seem like he has another book in the works. Oh, and yeah. He's just looking around the room and he's like, "My next book is about a killer <laughs> And grabs the lamp, exactly. but I really think that's like that's sort of how. I mean, it just goes to show his brilliance, right? Because mm-hmm. like literally, you could just point to any object, and he's like, "Yeah, I could do five hundred on that."
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And you know what? I I in in a small way I relate because I I always say that my anxiety is what makes me a good horror writer because in any situation I can picture how it could turn into a horror movie and then sometimes i just write that you know what i mean so
1: yeah 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 i mean i i told you off mic that i've been working with a woman it's uh carly she's the village tarot witch on instagram she just wrote like a novella and it's like a it's like a final girl story it's like supernatural thriller type stuff um yeah it's badass it's so good i can't wait for everyone to read it but um and we were talking about, she was like, some of these things that I wrote in this story, I like, so I like, I almost feel bad that they came out of my brain. You know what I mean? And <laughs> we decided that like, it's all about channeling intrusive thoughts, right? Like mm-hmm. the most awful shit that pops into your brain at random, you're like, that's a plot point. Yeah. That's like something, a monster, that's something a normal person might think and go, ooh, why would I think that?
0: that's something mm-hmm.
1: a monster would do yes right so yeah For sure. <laughs> yeah Yep.
0: Yeah, that's the key to horror is just uh, being mentally ill
1: <laughs> <laughs> it certainly helps uh, okay so you you dabble sort of dabble in cryptids on okay. your page right yeah um it's not that it's like your main focus but you definitely you touch on them what do you have a favorite
0: oh i mean the jersey devil how could it not be the yeah. jersey devil okay. <laughs> you <Fair> know <laughs> yeah that's a totally I do, fair I answer i have i have gone looking for the jersey devil many times uh driving i drove my little chevy cobalt out into the sand dunes in the pine barrens in jersey yeah and there would be people occasionally would ride past me and like you know like four wheelers little quads or whatever and the way they would look at me in my, in my Chevy Cobalt they'd be like what I got a shovel in the trunk it's fine like uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna get stuck but you hear weird shit out there like I w- I've heard I heard things I never heard before when I was yeah. out there it was like wailing baby scream and I know what a fox sounds like you know I, I, sure. I, I like it, it wasn't a fox I don't know what it was but it was weird I used to spend a lot of time out there
1: looking for the Jersey <laughs> devil. That's awesome. I think the Pine Barrens are probably one of the creepiest spots on earth.
0: Oh yeah. It do- I, Jersey's I mean, you know, I might be biased, but I I love Jersey and I think that it's incredible that Jersey has so many different I don't know, like ecosystems and yeah. places you like you could go one you could go, you know, a half hour this way you're in the city. You go a half hour that way you're at the beach. You keep going, you're going to be in Uh, this weird prehistoric looking forest where the mafia is always dumping bodies and there's a devil (laughs) in the woods you know
1: yeah yeah it's it is pretty remarkable given the fact that it's not even that big a state it's just like it's right at the intersection of all these different environments right mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah it has everything and you go you can also go up into sussex county you have like you know. Stokes Day Forest, you have, like, there's actually um, this area in North Jersey, in Sussex County, that was claimed as imminent domain in the 70s because they were going to flood it, and they were going to build uh, a dam there. And they cleared out all the people who lived in these houses, and then they there were so many protests that they didn't build the dam. So, in the woods, there's just all these abandoned houses out there. Like, I used to go out there all the time. It's insane. And there's, like, still furniture... They're, like, untouched. So, I, Jersey's, I, I mean, I love Jersey. I, you know, Salem's cool and everything, but someday I'm going to be back in Jersey.
1: <laughs> yeah. That, you know, that sounds like where every mid-2000s metalcore band would have been oh. going to take their pictures. Absolutely.
0: Right? Sometimes you yeah. walk into one of them and somebody did get in there and, like, they, like, painted shit on the walls and everything. Uh-huh. And, like, you could tell that they did a photo shoot or something in there. And you're, like, yeah. oh, spooky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: see here in indiana all you had is like whatever the dingiest alley you can find is that (laughs) that's where you did it Mm -hmm. it's yeah that i mean ghost towns might be the creepiest thing ever
0: oh yeah
1: like west virginia ghost towns those old coal mining towns Mm -mm. that are abandoned now that's some of the darkest shit ever
0: absolutely especially like a place like that because I feel like the energy of like an abandoned coal mining town is like yikes you know
1: yeah there's a reason an entire genre of music is (laughs) you know was developed around the tragedy that was that you know that venture oh yeah yeah so okay the Jersey Devil is your favorite (laughs) we I okay I'm a history guy right so like like, that's what i went to school for or that's what i do so like the the jersey devil to me will always have like a special place it's uh, in my heart cuz it's i think it's the most american cryptid yeah there is like it, the ties that it has with like colonial you know pamphlets yes the fact <laughs> that like it was a it was used as a political like political espionage against mm-hmm. people and like it, there are also ties to like when the slave trade was going on and because a lot of the theory is this like hammerhead bat, right, mm-hmm. what it is responsible for and they were carried over with slave ships and <clears throat> it's it's always been one of my favorites because of that.
0: Yep. Now,
1: I also love the story of the, the uh, sideshow, you know, that they had. The, the famous one where he got a kangaroo and painted it green and so like funny. strapped wings to its back and like, so we, good. yeah, we, we released a t-shirt for the Jersey devil last year and it's, the art is based on that sideshow. It's like a oh green God. kangaroo with the wings and, and all that. It's yeah. It's so, so the good. Jersey devils always been one of my favorites too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, one of my favorite like Jersey Devil thing. I love I love the sideshow one, but I love the uh, that whole story too of the the hoof prints that that were like going across all the roofs and and uh, just going yeah. in a straight line through like half a Jersey and then into Pennsylvania, right? And then there yeah. were so many sightings like around that time too. The fact that like the newspapers do you have do you have a subscription to newspapers.com? I do. <laughs> You know, my favorite pastime is just typing like a like a weird word into that into newspapers dot com and just like seeing what comes up. But like Mm -hmm. they there were so many sightings there all over the newspapers in that time. Like people were going nuts about the Jersey Devil.
1: Yeah. They yeah, it was a craze. It was like especially I think because the first one was in the 19th century. Right. But then there was like a big it was like 1911, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, somewhere around there there was a huge craze where people were seeing it left and right. I mean, all over the place. So fashionable. (laughs) It was. It really was. My favorite thing about the hoofprints story is there's one account where they follow the hoofprints and it goes in one side, like it goes right up to someone's house and it just picks up where it left off on the other side of the house. Uh, Like, stop. I know.
0: Yeah. Or maybe
1: phased through it something yeah I, don't, oh. I, don't <laughs> I
0: like that yeah <laughs> yeah
1: it's and i'm always like obsessed with the idea of something spectral or something you know other dimensional um mm-hmm. that chooses to leave footprints yes because it's like a choice it's like it has it would have to be a conscious choice to leave evidence of yourself right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: so cool it's,
1: it is <laughs> Um, yeah, I could. so I could nerd out about that. Do you Do you have a favorite haunting?
0: Oh, the Bell Witch? It might be the Bell... Oh, yeah? no. Wait, not the... Okay, the Bell Witch is my second favorite. Number one favorite, and it's debated about whether it's a haunting or not, but I believe it classifies as a haunting, is Jeff the Talking Mongoose. Okay, yeah. What a freak. I'm obsessed with him. <laughs> I like to believe that Jeff the Talking Mongoose was an elemental spirit, so I believe that that is a haunting, because... I think he says at one point, like, uh, you know, that he once was, that he's never been like a human spirit or something like that. So yeah. I- I'd say like elemental. You sure. Know?
1: Yeah, because he sort of alludes to the fact that he is something from, like, the spectral plane, but he specifically says, I was never a person. Yes. Yeah. Right?
0: yeah. He says, oh, I'm the eighth wonder of the world. Yeah. I-, I will split the atom and all that stuff. Oh, love <laughs> Such him. Such a haughty mongoose. Such, he's so weird. Like, the, <laughs> yeah. some of the weird... Like, him saying, I will split the atom, and this happened in, like, uh, the early, like you know, what was it? Like, 1919? Yeah. Early nineteen hundred. The fact that he was talking about splitting the atom to these, like provincial people on the isle of man like how could they even know what that meant yeah you know exactly maybe i maybe i don't know what people would know back at at that time but like that seems very advanced
1: yeah it does it's it's weird and it's cool that your number one and number two are actually very similar
0: yes I've there are a lot of
1: similarities there
0: i totally i so i think that they are super similar and to me, they're both elemental spirits. And I, yeah. I, for me, like, elemental hauntings are some of the most interesting because they're so all over the place because they're not a human spirit. They're, you know, something else. And they say really weird things and they act in really weird ways. And I just love it. It's, like, somehow yeah. both, like, zany and, like, creepy. Like, sometimes yeah. they're super funny and cool. And then other times it's like, ugh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> No, I put I put the Bell Witch and Jeff the Talking MongOOSE in like the realm of high strangeness.
0: Yes, it's absolutely. Like
1: beyond a haunting, beyond you know what I mean. It's mm-hmm. it's just purely bizarre. Yeah. Um, I it it always kind of bothers me. It's it has always bothered me that people refer to that case as the Bell Witch because I think it has very little to do with witchcraft. Yeah. And any, I don't think a witch had anything to do with that hmm like,
0: Although the, the the woman that they blamed for, the Kate Bats, sounds yeah. like a character herself. Oh, like yeah. she sounds hilarious.
1: Like going off in church and <laughs> and all the yeah. Crazy Wild. stories.
0: Wild lady.
1: <laughs> it's I think another thing that I love about the Bell Witch is that it's one of those stories that really showcases just how many how much conflict there was around livestock at that oh my time God. period. Like yeah. It's, it's so funny when you go back and read these stories now, you're like, all this shit over a goat. Mm-hmm. Or over, like, a, a cow fence.
0: Yeah, that's like, the same thing with Mary Webster, too. It's like yes. that the the cows wouldn't cross the field in front of her house. That's what made her a witch. Like, yeah. Oh, I, 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 crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, agriculture was everything yeah. back then. Yeah, mm-hmm. people, people have n- very little conception of how like, a vi- how vital a part of life it was back then. Yeah. The, I mean, those are great cases. Oh, do, yeah. do, you, do you get into alien shit at all?
0: Oh, UFO yeah. Stuff? yeah. Yeah? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I went to the Exeter UFO Festival in, in New Hampshire this for the first time this past summer. It was incredible. Excellent. It was so cool. And uh, Betty and Barney Hill's niece spoke. And she is, oh my god, so fascinating. And she was just, like, dropping the most interesting stuff just like casually like she would just be like yeah I saw the UFO that took them to," but you know and then she just kept talking and I'm like talk more about
1: that why
0: do you keep talking like stop
1: (laughs) she um, Betty and Barney Hill's niece was recently I think in the last six months she was on Dreamland which is Mm -hmm. Whitley Streber's podcast she and some of the shit she talks about she goes deep (laughs) yeah. <laughs> like, deep, deep. Like, she's yes. one of those, like, you know you know when, like, alien ab- abductee stuff gets to the point where it just starts to feel like fan fiction?
0: Yes, absolutely. You know, where it's, like,
1: all those weird little details that, like, no way you remember all this. You know no. what I mean?
0: As she's, like, talking about, like, uh, she was showing, like, clips of, uh, I don't know, like, uh, somebody having some kind of regression outside and all of these, like, different aliens apparently came to, like, witness the regression and, like, they're just, like, blurs in the background of the video, but she's, like, telling you the classification of each yeah. shadowy figure that she's pointing out in this blurry video and being like, oh, this one comes from this planet and is this from this yeah. dimension, blah, blah, and I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, I love you, yeah. like, yeah. keep talking about yeah. uh, that, exactly. whatever.
1: <laughs> yes. I Yeah, I... When I first got into this stuff, like when I first got back into it really deep when we started doing the podcast, I hated stuff like that. Like it really bothered me. Mm-hmm. But I'm to the point now where I it's my favorite shit. Yeah.
0: Just, it's I, I love when people go. just
1: go off. I'm yeah. I'm
0: hopping right in the train and I'm go, I'm going wherever you're taking me. Let's go. Yep.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's those people that are like and she's one of those people that it's like this one's a fifth dimensional this one's a ninth dimensional mm-hmm. like it's and i can't i won't pretend to understand any of that no like i've never <laughs> i've never kept track of it i know there are people who know like she says that shit and people are like mhm oh yeah uh huh i know i know that <laughs> i'm not i'm not one of those people nope. but i'll i'll sit there and listen amazed yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely yeah me too i'm just like cool like i can i go to those dimensions can i get out of here like this one
1: yeah. kind of sucks <laughs> <laughs> hey you're getting a book published by disney in this one that's
0: true that's true i did <laughs> that, that is pretty awesome for a while. <laughs>
1: that's yeah.
0: true you know i uh, previously did feel more more that way but nah, you know i quit my grocery store job because disney gave me a book deal so
1: congratulations <laughs> thank you that's <laughs> so awesome
0: I'm, I'm feeling a lot better about this dimension lately <laughs>
1: good good um so now is probably
0: when they're gonna show up to take me to the other ones right yeah
1: of course (laughs) two days before your book
0: drops yeah (laughs) Be like oh you want to go see the dimensions and i'm like yeah but
1: can you come back next week (laughs) (laughs) i want to see the critical reception yeah yeah um do you have a favorite alien case
0: hmm. okay so um it might be it might be Betty and Barney Hill, but uh, that's because I kind of have a slightly I feel a slightly personal connection to it because my partner and I witnessed some like a UFO, what I believe to be a UFO, um, in Stoke State Forest, the area that I was talking about earlier. That like mm-hmm. you know they cleared out all those houses, claimed it as eminent domain. Yeah. We saw this pair of like oscillating lights in the sky that we stared we you know out in the middle of nowhere we're staring at it i was driving the car and it came down over the trees and it it, like it was keeping pace with our car because it kind of was moving in this like square formation and i felt i felt that it was aware of us and that it was keeping pace with our car it was one of the craziest experiences of my life we i remember at the time that we didn't even speak when it was happening like we were just like watching it in silence and then we came around a curve it went away that's all I remember for all I know I don't know if anything else happened that I don't remember sometimes I wonder because it sounds a lot like what Betty and Barney Hill remembered about their experience before they did their regression so sometimes I wonder you know if something happened that we don't recall did you check the
1: car when you got home
0: You know, uh, here's the thing. I don't remember a lot about that night. I don't remember talking about it. We had like an hour and a half drive home. I don't remember talking about it the entire hour and a half drive home. I don't remember talking about it or bringing it up at all for like a year. Like a year later, we kind of were like, hey, remember when we saw that thing out in the woods in Stokes? Like, that was freaking weird, right? And then we started to talk about it. And a couple years ago, we... We're out like, you know, up here in Massachusetts, we were up here, we were at a beach with our friends at night and we were looking at the sky at night and we told them this story. Okay. And we went home that night and I kind of, cause on the beach, we some, one of, some of our friends brought up the fact that Betty and Barney Hill didn't remember being abducted until they did their regressions. So I was saying to my partner, we were like getting into bed and I was like, you know, it's really weird. Um that we don't remember that much about that night and Betty and Barney Hill didn't remember anything until they did their regressions and as i was saying this his face like dropped and i've ne- he's a huge skeptic for the record he yeah. i've never seen him like look freaked out and he looked freaked out and he said that he felt at that moment like something tune in like it was like a feel and he was like f- I- I'm serious. This guy is very skeptical. Like, nothing nothing creepy ever happens around him. He's like a ghost blocker. Yeah. But with this event, it happened with him, and this thing happened to him and not to me. And he was like, I feel like something's tuning in, and it's just letting me know that it's listening. And I'm like, oh. Oh. Freaked yeah. out. So, I don't know. Who knows what happened, but... That's I feel a connection to Betty and Barney Hill because of that, because we were talking about that when he felt that, and because yeah. it seems like a similar experience. So I would say it's them.
1: Have you considered hypnotic regression?
0: I don't know because I I think it's so fallible. I, I'm this just my, my opinion that it's very fallible. That it's really easy to implant memories. Memory yep. is very. So I would I, I would need to know for sure that it's somebody who knows what they're doing. That's gonna actually like do it, and I, that I'm not gonna create false memories from doing it. Yeah. And I don't know I don't know how to find that. So yeah, I would enough. do it if I knew for sure that it was someone who knew what they were
1: doing. It's dicey. It's mm-hmm. definitely dicey. You want to stay away from any of those bud Hopkins type guys
0: yeah and I'm like <laughs> yeah. do I want do I even want to remember Cause
1: like yeah that's fair too
0: I'm it's, living in peace right now
1: <laughs> I mean yeah because you're I mean you're sitting here talking about how similar it is to the Betty and Barney Hill case if you listen to those tapes of his of especially Barney's regression mm-hmm. like I don't know if I'd want that it's terrifying now those no. tapes are horrifying.
0: Yeah, he had a bad time.
1: <laughs> yes, a very bad time.
0: Yeah. It's wild that Betty, like, had, you know, not that bad of a time comparatively. And that they, like, talked to her and, like, showed her around. Whereas they kind of yep. just, like, manhandled him and probed him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it it's fucked up. Why? <laughs> it really is. It's his tape. There are a couple things that I've... That I've listened to while doing research for the podcast over the last two years, and his his the tape of his hypnotic regression is one of the things that have like really stuck with me. Like yeah. that, I think about every every couple weeks, I'll think about it again, and it fucks with yeah. me.
0: And I think that that's one of the things that makes their case so compelling is that they're describing the same experience from such totally different viewpoints like if somebody were to fake something i don't think that they would understand psychology like you know like be able to like sit there and be like okay well how would you psychologically respond to this because she kind of saw it and saw you know that they were about to make contact and she had a, a a like a wonder about it like she's like we're gonna they're coming where they're the door is opening like we're gonna make contact this is wild this is amazing and he's like "Ah, ah, the door's opening like yeah you know people who are gonna hope you know create a hoax i don't think that i mean i'm sure that i guess you could sit there and think of all of those angles but like why would they especially you know with their reputation with the you know what they were doing there's no reason for... They They only stood to, you know, harm their reputation by yes. doing this.
1: Yeah. I think, and that's, to me, one of the most telling metrics when it comes to alien abduction stories, is if it ruined your life, I'm <laughs> way more likely to believe you. You know yeah. what I mean? There are those people that, like, end up going on, like, book tours and, like, they spend their life, the rest of their life, at UFO conferences and making a business of it. I'm way less likely to buy that
0: for sure. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and it definitely had a negative impact overall on their life. It seems. Yeah,
1: agreed. uh, I mean, they're
0: very compelling.
1: Betty sort of made a business of it after Barney died, but I think especially Barney, he he, it did not help him in any way, shape, or form. No. Yeah, that's a great choice. I also love the. um, I also love the little detail that when he describes seeing the aliens through the windows of the craft and they're wearing, like, Nazi suits.
0: I know! It's "It's so so bizarre. This is the things that, like, that uh, that do cross over into, like, this high strangeness thing. It's like, do they... Were they physically there? Were they projecting themselves there? Do you only see like what you perceive them to look like? Like what are they? Maybe they don't look anything like that at all. Maybe they're just you. You can't even see them, so you're like making up what they look like. It's so wild. It's so weird. I think one of my favorite details was it was like the fact that he. Uh, his shoes were like all scuffed up and he didn't understand yeah. why until he did the regression and he remembered them dragging him and he was like, <sighs> whole, like you know, so creepy.
1: Yeah, that's such a good detail. Because that's such like a visual that yeah. sticks with you, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that just, the tips of his toes just dragging on the <sighs> road, right? So creepy. Yeah. It really is. It really is. I'm So maybe don't go for hypnotic regression
0: yeah like i said (laughs) i'm living in peace right now with just like occasionally being like oh this is a fun story to tell about the time that we might have gotten abducted
1: since i forgot all the fucked up shit i'll just tell this fun story Uh yeah um i love from your story though i love the the concept of this like conscious contact Mm
0: -hmm. this like
1: this emotional link between the observer and the observed Yeah. Right. That's one of my favorite things with UFO. It's To me, it's one of the selling points that you're not just seeing some, you know, secret government craft or, you know, something like that. Because when like a 747 flies over my house, I don't I can't feel the pilot looking at me. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's not a thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I, I see that a lot in like UFO cases where they describe this feeling of like knowing that it. Was aware of them. And that's like, that is what we felt. Like, I definitely remember thinking, this is happening and it's following us. Like, it knows we're here.
1: Yep. My, one of my favorite ways I've ever heard it put was that it felt, and I, I, it's someone I've had on the show and I can't remember, like, I can't remember who it was, but one of the best ways it's ever been described to me was someone said that. When I when he looked at the at the craft in the sky, to him it was just a light when he was seeing it, but it felt exactly like making eye contact with a person. Yeah, like that's that, perfect. just mutual connection, right? Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah. I love that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's that's so it's so like material, mm-hmm. you know, like that's the closest you can get to touching someone without physically touching them. Right. Is that like when you lock eyes with someone, that's something that you both feel consciously. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's so cool. I love that. It really is. This has been super fun.
0: Yeah. It's so, so exciting.
1: Yeah. It's, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to like, to have you back to talk like about, we should just like pick a case Oh yeah! go through it beginning to end that would be a oh, blast yeah.
0: that would yeah. be so fun
1: <laughs> awesome yes so before we go mm-hmm. tell the audience where to find you where to follow you anything awesome you have coming up that you want them to check out
0: um yeah well i, I have a youtube channel um you can find me at youtube.com slash at cody crowley um and then uh on instagram and tiktok i'm at spirit.com board board is as in b-o-r-e-d <laughs> <laughs> because i like puns
1: <laughs> yes that's awesome anything it's... anything coming up that you that you want people to check out yeah i mean the- i not
0: until august 2024 when my book comes out <laughs> other than that i'm just gonna be around talking about creepy shit
1: <laughs> everyone put it on your fucking calendar right now august 2024 <laughs> Uh-huh. Set reminders. Um, yeah this this has been awesome. Is yes, I have to ask thing. is Spirit Board a reference to the Norm Macdonald joke? Are you familiar with the Norm Macdonald? No, joke? but I
0: love Norm Macdonald. Does he have one? Yes,
1: that? yes what? he does. Yeah, he's so there's this famous clip of Norm Macdonald on Conan O'Brien, and there's this young actress on. She's I think she was on like Party of Five, and then she had left. And she was starting to do movies, and Norm Macdonald spends the entire time she's being interviewed just like interjecting, and like fucking with her. And I love and at one point she's the movie she's promoting is called Chairman of the Board, right? And 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 Conan at one point is like Norm, shut up, hold on a minute, stop it, and he's like, okay, what? what is the movie? When does it come out? And she's like, it's chairman of the board and I'm the star. And she looks at over at Norm and Conan's like, yeah, make fun of that. And Norm goes, is board spelled (laughs) B-O-R-E-D?
0: That's so funny. (laughs) I love him. He's just perfect.
1: (laughs) Yeah, agree.
0: It's so much better now that I know that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think of that every time I see your... (laughs) Here. <laughs> I wish yeah. that I
0: could say that it was because of that, because I love him so much. But I just I thought that it was yeah. funny. <laughs> well, I'm addicted should... to Ouija boards, as as, uh, as people oh, yeah. might know.
1: <laughs> we could have talked about that for an hour. Oh
0: yeah, I have a lot of Ouija board stories.
1: <laughs> That's yeah. We've, honestly, before I have you come back to talk about a case, we should you should come back and just go through some experiences. Oh, I had. would love like, to. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah.
0: I have I have like my uh, I guess my like penultimate paranormal experience is a Ouija board experience, so I would love to talk about it.
1: Yeah, excellent. Something to look forward to. <laughs> cool. So thank you so much for doing this. this yeah, thank great. you
0: so much for having me.
1: All right. Awesome. Yay. Thank you, thank you, thank you, from the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. rate and review it it's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose the strange and unsettling and a special thanks to greg martin at reverent music on instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief you can find more of his tunes at reverbnation.com slash reverent it's fantastic fantastic stuff go give that a listen and that's it until next time i'm ryan i'm jordan and remember campers, stay weird and trust in the unknown.